0: may be seated. It's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Jerry Taylor, founding director of the Carl Spain Center on Race Studies and Spiritual Action and associate professor of Bible missions and ministry at Abilene Christian University. Dr. Taylor received his B.A. in Bible from Southwestern Christian College and his Master of Divinity and his Doctrine of Ministry from SMU's Perkins School of Theology. There is so much that could be unpacked in these two seemingly simple sentences I just shared about Dr. Taylor. Stories of people. Progress. Disappointments, sorrow, and joy, his personal journey in a much larger, overarching story. As we step into his narrative, please join me in welcoming Dr. Jerry Taylor to Lubbock Christian University.
1: to express appreciation to my kind friend for the lovely introduction and to my dear friend, the president of this university, for inviting me to come and to be here with you today. We are gathered in physical bodies, but there is something that is more Lasting, something that is more permanent than the physical bodies that carry around within them the spiritual being of the God who created us. It is in God that we live and we move and we have our very being. And it is also God who has made a way to establish the eternal presence of the kingdom, abiding and existing in those who have named the name of Jesus Christ. I want to speak to you this morning as briefly as I can from Psalm 42, verses 1 through 3. Reading from the New International Version. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throne. And the soul of humankind there is a dissatisfied desire to be equal to God. This disturbing desire has left mankind feeling reckless and restless, unholy and unfulfilled, destitute and desperate. Man's internal urge to be equal to God has degraded mankind and to being God's fiercest competitor. Because of the competitive attempt to establish equality with God, man seeks to overthrow God's dominating influence and superior status in his life. It grieves God as it grieved the prodigal son's father, that sadly watched his own offspring walk down the dusty road of iniquity and to the strange land of a far country. No matter how hard we try to cast off our dependence upon God, we cannot escape the permanent fact that God is the eternal source of our survival and salvation both now and forever. There is no location and the entire universe that provides man a space to hide from the penetrating presence of God. God's creative intelligence anticipates humankind's every move. Man is too limited in his knowledge to play chess with God. Despite man's clever maneuvers and crafty manipulations, he still remains under God's divine oversight. Even though we are in the personal pursuit of professional activities that promise us happiness, we can never become powerful or prominent enough to dismantle the spiritual supremacy of the God of the universe. Resisting God's supremacy makes us look to other people as the main source of affection and affirmation that we so desperately crave. Resisting God's supremacy makes us betray our integrity and causes us to sell our souls to the highest bidder for 30 pieces of blood diamonds. Resisting God's supremacy allows the manipulators of the world to sniff out the compromised weak spots in our moral character. Resisting God's supremacy provides the seductive powers of this world the opportunity to exploit us for their own political and capital gains. The hunger to be great, the thirst to be important, the yearning to be recognized, the craving to be renowned, the lust for popularity, and the desire for global fame can eventually drive us to spiritual suicide— Such deadly distractions and such arsenic attractions cause us to turn our backs on the God who created us. Man's spiritual thirst is never quenched because he seeks satisfaction from non-spiritual things that only lead to a more severe state of spiritual dehydration. Although God surrounds humanity, Mankind finds it almost impossible to find God on a wholesale basis. God is like fresh water inside the boat with mankind as the boat of humanity sails upon a vast ocean of salt water. Man's fascination with the vastness of the salt water causes him to let the fresh water supply that is with him inside the boat to go unused. Seeking to satisfy one's spiritual thirst without God is like seeking to quench a thirst for fresh water by drinking salt water from the salty ocean of life. The psalmist declared that his soul had an acute thirst for the spiritual waters from God. He was amid a spiritual drought. There is a spiritual drought in our nation today. People seem unable to to be able to find the living streams of water. Fresh water sources that once hydrated our confidence in God and that once watered our hopes for a better tomorrow are hard to find these days. National leaders keep promising to lead us to a promised land that flows with milk and honey, yet they keep smiting the rock of frustration leaving us only the salty water of bitter rage to drink and as a result our mouths have become dry our tongues have become parched our lips have become cracked our throats have become hoarse the dry mouth has lost the moisture of truth the parched tongue has lost the ability to speak hope to a nation that is floundering in despair the horse throat only yields up despair through the cracked fences of lying lips. As a result of drinking water from the salty sea of spiritual corruption, many have lost their moral compass and are adrift on the ocean of misdirection without a firm knowledge of their spiritual destination. The psalmist says in Psalms 42, 1 and 3, He expresses a profound truth that can guide us back to the proper source of spiritual hydration. The psalmist says, as a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. His life-threatening thirst has compelled him to return with focused concentration upon the one single source that can quench his spiritual thirst. The question that he asks is, when shall I go to meet with God? When shall I go to meet with God? Not where, but when. In desperation, he is panting. And he's breathing hard like a deer as he searches for the true and for the living God. He ponders the question, when can I go and meet with God? He did not seek out his ancestors. He did not seek out princes or kings. He did not seek out false prophets of his day. He did not seek out celebrities of his time. He did not seek out the religious gurus. He did not seek out the intelligentsia. The psalmist asks, when can I go and meet with God? His question does not have to do with where God is located. His question has to do with knowing when he will be able to meet with God. His soul remembers how it once enjoyed God as the only object of its desire. He remembers when in the past, God soothed and quenched his thirst for the fresh water of life. He says in verses 3 and 5, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throne. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Despite our desperate state of spiritual dehydration, we must remember our divine water supply. God is is still in our midst. We have to remind our soul to trust in God and to believe that he will restore spiritual health in our lives and spiritual health within the land. Our task is to keep our soul lifted to God. Once you rediscover the divine water source, he will transform you into a water channel through which his divine water of life will flow into the dry and drought-stricken places in the land of the living. When people look at the green leaves and the healthy fruit that you are producing in your life, they will see that you are a tree planted by the rivers of water. The roots of your tree are no longer planted and the orchards of self-doubt. The roots of your tree are no longer planted in the orchards of negativity. The roots of your tree are no longer planted in the desert of fear. The roots of your tree are planted by the rivers of faith, hope, and love. The roots of your tree are planted by the rivers of joy, happiness, and praise. The roots of your tree go back to the one who hung on a tree to restore our right to eat of the tree of life. Whatever you do, don't forget your roots. No matter how much education you get, don't forget your spiritual roots. No matter how famous you become, don't forget your spiritual roots. No matter how rich you become, don't forget your spiritual roots. When you are promoted, remember your spiritual roots. When you are celebrated, remember your spiritual roots that run deep into the river of spiritual waters that will keep your leaves green and will keep you producing good fruit even in the time of a spiritual drought the psalmist says in Psalm 1 blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, they prosper. So stay rooted by the water of life and don't forget to drink the fresh water that only God can provide and that fresh water will even keep you fresh in the midst of a stale situation. Keep your eyes focused on the one who gave you permission to be born into this world. Keep your eyes on the one who shall receive you back unto himself when you take your last breath as you are pressing your dying pillar. Keep your spiritual eyes fixated on Him, not on the things that are happening around you, because if you remain rooted and firmly planted in God, you will be a tall tree that is strong enough to bear up against the hurricane, winds of life that blow you from side to side. You may bend with the wind, but you will not break because you are rooted And grounded in the life of the living God who resides in you. And because of that we do not fear death. We are not intimidated by sickness nor death. Because as these physical bodies are declining day by day. There is something of God that is within us that grows new day by day. And I'm not concerned about how my physical body is looking right now. Because I am not my body. Amen. And you are not your bodies. Young folks, you're looking at your future. (laughs) Things go through a change, amen? Physically, but spiritually, spiritually. Once we honor Christ with our lives and submit to his lordship, we become one with him and we become as eternal as he is. He's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. And as we remain rooted and firmly planted in him, he will give us that eternal life that death cannot kill and the grave cannot hold. Stay firmly rooted in him as a tree planted by the rivers of water. God bless you.